0: Everybody, welcome back to the Break the Bell Podcast.
1: Hello, beautiful bell breakers.
0: Hello, hello, hello. It has been um it's been a week. We are here. As yeah. always. We're yeah. not going anywhere. No, no, not at all. No matter how much they want us to go somewhere. <laughs> social media, I'm sure, wants to kick us off. Um, we even had a snowstorm this weekend. We did, yeah. we did, but we're still here.
1: Yeah, you had to dig me out of the snow this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: did. Yes, um, we we got hit with a snowstorm. I think yesterday morning, but yeah. or was it, it was Saturday? Saturday night? Saturday, into, yeah. Into, yeah, yeah, Because it was just starting up when uh, you were leaving from recording the weekend wrap up, yeah. and then you're like, "Oh crap, it's getting slick out here." Yeah. And so, but but we're here. We're back. Uh, we are. Yeah. The streets are cleared, and here we are.
1: My my daughter made some money shoveling snow. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Her and her friend made like seventy four dollars and uh I was kind of proud of them there was this one big house that they started and uh you know they they did half of it and then they came home to get some lunch mm-hmm. and then um be- as they were getting ready to leave her friend was like I don't want to go back he's mm-hmm. like uh, I'm gonna, i i just I'm I'm going to tell them uh, I got grounded or something. <laughs> and and my daughter was like, no, you know, we, we started this. we got to finish yeah. it. And there's she's... big money over there. we <laughs> exactly. got to do this. And, and so then they went over there, they finished it up, and they had a couple more houses.
0: Now, now, did your daughter get the proper city permits to uh, <laughs> to go through and uh, shovel <laughs> for money? Because I'm sure there's there's permits <laughs> that you have to go through. If, right. if you need permits for a lemonade stand in <laughs> some cities, yeah, you right. probably do to shovel yeah. for yeah, yeah. Ma'am, for money. do
1: you have a, a license to shovel snow? <laughs> and my daughter's like, when can I start babysitting? I'm like, a couple years, yeah. you know? And then she's like, Do I have to feed them? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, that's part of babysitting. <laughs>
0: that's, that's a that's a pretty important part. Yeah. She's like, well, what if
1: they have to go to the bathroom. I like, Well, you know, if, you might have to help them with that too. And she's my, like, oh.
0: My <laughs> kids, are like, inflation is through the roof since we were kids because I'll try to get them to do something that, that like, I'll. I'll tell Gavin to go like belly flop in the snow with no shirt on, just just for the hell of it. And he used to do it. And this year, I'm like, I'll give you five bucks. He's like, make it twenty, and I'll do it. It's like twenty bucks. Are you serious? It's like used what? to be a lot cheaper, kid. I know what the hell. <laughs> so um, this week, we've already covered a little bit about the whole Wall Street stuff and yes. the, the whole GameStop stuff that's going on. And I'm sure you've read it all over Facebook. And I'm sure you've. Um, seen the articles and yeah. other podcasters talking about it.
1: And and heard some spin on it right. in face on social media.
0: But um uh, this thing was being pushed through the mainstream media as like a hoax or, yeah. or a scam by right. these Reddit users. And um little did they know or little do they want you to know that this is actually a thing. This is a movement yeah. um, that is going mm-hmm. on. It's more than just uh these these uh trolls on the internet just yeah. um uh, trying to make a buck. Right.
1: This, this is
0: a a true
1: Occupy Wall Street movement.
0: Yes. Like this is happening. Like um I went to look for some information to talk about for the show and very few sources were really Talking much about what was going on on Wall Street, so I went to the New York Post because they seem to be talking the most about it,
1: right as usual.
0: And so last night I, I started reading through some of the articles, and this article popped up about the Reoccupy Wall Street movement, and I was just like, "Well, wow, I hadn't heard of this. What is this thing?" So I clicked on the article, and started reading it, and this name popped up of a guy that was heading it, and coincidentally, he happens to be one of our our our. Contact people. Contacts, podcast contacts through. Um, if you listen to our episode with Remzo a few weeks back, he talked about the, um, what did he call it? The the, the fellowship. fellowship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of when, when the purge of social media was going down, Remzo set up this fellowship. He just set up this signal conversation of all these different podcasters or yeah. um, journalists and stuff, <clears> so <throat> we could all just kind of network together. Compare notes and whatnot. And this guy happens to be in our fellowship, and he yeah. is the head heading up the Reoccupy Wall Street movement, yeah. which is them protesting kind of the, the government response to this right. whole—
1: And the collusion between big tech and, and Wall Street you yeah. know, to try to protect these hedge funds.
0: Well, like you talked about, I think, on the Weekend Wrap-Up, how Google is um, right. squashing some of the, the negative reviews yeah. from Robinhood, and um, then the whole Robinhood thing, how it's yeah. um, whether legally or illegally— Uh, manipulating what's going on by stopping the purchasing of more GameStop stock. Yeah,
1: allowing the sale of, but not the purchase of. Yeah, which
0: is blatant manipulation of the market. Absolutely. So we we ran across this guy's name on this article, and I was like, I got to get him on since he's already a contact of ours. He obviously knows something about this, and we are kind of ignorant when it comes to the stock market and everything that's going on so i need to have some this guy on because he he's at the front of this he's at the front of the reoccupy wall street movement so who uh gavin wax is is he's a conservative political commentator um and then he's also the 73rd president of the new york young republicans club which is a he he explains it as like 18 to 40-year-old like Republicans in, in the state of New York that get together and they do demonstrations and different stuff like that. Yep. So I reached out to him this morning on Twitter, and he immediately texted back, and he's like, hey, we got a snowstorm going on right now, so I got all the time in the world. Worked out perfectly. So yeah. we got Gavin Wax on the show for you today. Like I said, he is um, doing stuff at the forefront of all this Wall mm-hmm. Street stuff. He's actually... um protesting what's going on on wall street he's protesting the the stance like people like elizabeth warren are taking on this and um Mm -hmm. he's trying to call out some of the bullshit that's going on with it so that's what we got going on that's what this episode is 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 um where our interview with gavin wax here we already went through the the whole interview so we're It was pre-recorded. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Very informative. Whether or not you agree with the Republican Party, don't don't brush this guy off. Mm -hmm. If you're a libertarian, don't brush this guy off because a lot of the stuff he's talking about is like empowering the people. Yeah,
1: talking about the free market
0: yeah free market empowering the people like rising up and like exposing a lot of the corruption that's going on at the elite levels, so a lot of the stuff I think we can all get on board with definitely, and we're all we're seeing this across the board. you're yeah. seeing people on the left and the right and in yeah. the middle um agreeing with this this stuff that's going on yeah. with gamestop and wall street so and,
1: and now more than ever you know it's important to find that common ground right and I think um on whatever. End of the the spectrum you are in politically, mm-hmm. uh, you have to look at the GameStop issue that's going on and see that there is common ground there mm-hmm. to to prop up the little guy and to knock down the the gatekeepers right. from you know people being able to be successful.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, if you hear me say New York Young Republicans Club, don't just immediately say, "Oh, this is just a Trump supporting Republican." I d- I don't want to listen to this bullshit because I mean. It doesn't come up much. It, yeah, it, it's not—that's not who he is as a person. He's not—and um, even if he was, even if he was, like, a MAGA hat-wearing Trump uh, supporter, everything he talks about here is common ground, and we yeah. can agree, too. Absolutely. Whether you're a socialist or whether you're a libertarian right. or what have you, um, we can all agree that things are being mani- manipulated at the the upper levels, and we are being dealt the shitty hand— Yeah and it's time for people like the Reddit users this week or the common people to kind of take a stand and mm-hmm. expose this stuff and then also speak out when, when the elitists try to push back and um, yeah. regulate it.
1: Because, yeah, I, you know, and right now... United people is going to scare the hell mm-hmm. out of the people up on Capitol Hill. Right. You know, the people in power, they're going to, they try to they're trying to keep us as divided as possible. Yeah. So, again, if we can find the common ground, unite and push forward, then it's going to scare the hell out of them and give us a lot more
0: power. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's baby steps. Obviously, this GameStop thing isn't, I don't no. think, is going to like take down the entire uh, no. stock market, but it's baby steps. Right. And, it's it's sending a si- a signal yeah. to the people at the top that it's like we're not putting up with this shit right. anymore. Yeah. So um, we're gonna get right into this interview um, he- here in just a second. Make sure uh, you check us out on social media. Um, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. MeWe. Um, actually, my brother with the system is down. Started his own social media platform. Did you see what? that, Bill? I.
1: You know I did.
0: But, but I, you just ignored it. A little Flat bit. Flat out ignored it. L- a little bit. It. He's calling it... It's called Anti-News Live. If you ever listen to his podcast, uh-huh, he used to do a uh, show okay. called Anti-News Live. Yeah. And now that he's incorporated that into his own social media platform, so... I
1: thought that's what that was, actually. I thought he was pushing that show, so... That's no, it,
0: it is actually his own platform, so... interesting. Um, we will post a link to that, so you can go join that and join in the conversation over there. It's basically sticking it to big tech and the big uh, social media platforms. Yeah, well, I it's like that. yeah, it's basically like, well, if I, I can't talk what I want to talk about on your platform, then I'll just go make my own platform. Absolutely. So it's people like that that are 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 pushing back and like using their own resources and other people's resources and teaming up to create things like this. That's what we need to be doing as people to yeah. push back against the censorship and push back against the corruption and the bullshit that's going on. So check out that social media app, that anti news live. Like I said, there will be a link here. Uh, We'll be posting. We'll be um, I've already been active on it. Um, We'll be as probably as active on there as all our other social media sites. So if you want to break from all the stupidity of mainstream social media, take a brush of fresh air and go check that out. Even if you don't, it's not something you want to spend a lot of time on. At least go check it out. I mean, what's, what 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 can it hurt you? Like supporting the little guy again, exactly. kind of like what's going on with his GameStop stuff. Right. Support the little guy. So we're gonna get right into the show. Um, Gavin Wax, check him out. Check out all his stuff. He plugs. He has his own uh, podcast. So um, every link you can think of for him will be in the show notes. So go support him. Find him and. Um, all that other fun stuff to say, hey, man, we support what you're doing. Anything else before we get into this, Bill? Nope. Let's go for it right now. What did you say? You talking to me?
2: What What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about?
1: What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say?
2: Are you talking to me? Well, what? maybe he was talking to me. What
1: did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Oh, the, uh, the, did you just say? What did you say? He listened to me.
2: are you talking to me what the hell are you talking about who are you talking
0: to all right we are here back on the break the bell podcast and we have the honor of having um conservative political commentary I don't know. Comment, how, how do you say that? A commentator. commentator. There you commentator. go. Um, it, it's been a long day. <laughs> um, he's also the, the president of the New York Young Republicans Club, and he is... Currently, what I would say the front man of what is being called the Reoccupy Wall Street movement, which I didn't even know was a thing until this morning or last night. I started looking up all this stuff going on with GameStop and all this stuff going on at, on Wall Street right now. And um, this Reoccupy Wall Street movement had popped up. And so I reached out to... Um, he was. His name popped up in an article and I'm like, dude, I I have him as a contact through throughout some of our podcasting contacts and so I reached out. This is uh Gavin Wax. Um Gavin, welcome to the show. Let me get your face up here. Gavin, how's it going?
2: Uh thank you for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, no
0: problem for coming short notice and all. Yeah, it it, no, it it happened to work out really good for us because um like I said, I I was just flipping through articles, trying to find out any information I could on um, the Wall Street stuff. And not a lot of sources were covering it really in depth. And I was like, well, I know the New York Post is is going to cover this stuff. And so I started reading through New York Post articles. And then all of a sudden, this uh, Reoccupy Wall Street movement popped up. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And then your name was the first thing to pop up. I was like, oh, crap i know this guy, like i i he's a contact through through a network of podcasters and and stuff we have going on i i'm guessing we're you, in some
2: weird online chats yeah yeah um
0: <laughs> since the the great purge of social media um we've all kind of been networking together and so that's kind of how uh we bumped into you through other other mutual contacts and so i was just like I'm going to reach out to him and hopefully I can get him on the show tomorrow. And you're like, hey, you're in luck. Um, We have a snowstorm right now, so I can't do anything anyway. So, (laughs) Exactly. It worked out really well. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Gavin, because um, I don't Um, know a whole lot about you besides just a little bit of commentary we've got through, um, like I said, social media chatting.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm the president of the uh, New York Young Republican Club. So we're the largest and oldest uh, Young Republican Club in the country. Uh, in addition to that, I, I do stuff with, uh, you know, Town Hall and Newsmax in terms of writing uh, political commentary. I also run my own uh, podcast. I love to have you guys on sometimes, uh, the Waxcast podcast. Nice. Uh, again, talks a lot about economics, politics, the whole uh, the whole thing. So kind of in line with a lot of what you guys are doing. I'm just sort of uh You know, independent sort of uh, writer and um, you know conservative populist type of guy, and uh, this occupy this reoccupy movement uh, idea kind of came into being, and we ran with it, and uh, we're really excited the amount of traction and attention it got.
0: Yeah, um, just a little like me, just kind of digging into you a little before I got you on the show. I I'd have to say you're probably uh, what I would consider one of our more um, as far as the media is concerned, one of our more controversial guests that we had on—not um, like I said, not that I don't—I know a whole lot about you, but I just upon a Google search from you, the first headlines that pop up are: um, How did American Jewish Congress hire a budding white nationalist? Or, oh god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I as soon as I read that I rolled my eyes and I was like I got to get this guy on my show for sure. Um, I've got one that says Gala ignites political dispute over COVID-19 restrictions. So apparently your um Young Republicans club decided to break all the rules and like have a an indoor meeting outside of the the uh new normal standards of uh the COVID-19 stuff. So so you made he- headlines for that too, I guess. So these are the first things that pop up, and then after you scroll down a bit, you get to this uh, new New Young Republicans Club or New York Young Republicans Club, and then the Reoccupy stuff. So, so you you definitely have made a name for yourself. So hopefully we don't get deplatformed just for having you on, since you are apparently a white nationalist. <laughs> yeah,
2: apparently the uh, the Jewish guy working at the Jewish organization was the uh, was the face of white nationalism <laughs> in this country. That's the kind of insanity. Uh, That we're living in these days, but you know, when when you take a stand on anything, when you have any kind of view that goes against the orthodoxy or the uh, the establishment, they'll they'll try to defame you. They'll try to uh, label you with whatever pejorative they can, because the second they can paint you to be the bad guy, then they can justify, you know, deplatforming you. They can justify censoring you. They can justify a whole slew of things. So uh that's basically the times we're living in but yeah you look we like to make we like to make a stink we like to be a little uh on the edgier side of things and a little bit more controversial uh you know we take advantage of the publicity we can generate and uh you know with our gala for instance that was one other thing you referenced i mean it was uh it was a big deal with new york because god forbid you know a bunch of people would eat dinner and enjoy some speakers inside uh Inside a building, I mean, I can't believe we could have committed such a heinous <laughs> crime. But that's the days; those are the days we're living in. Of um, all
0: the things you could do, how dare you eat together as yeah, a group? Exactly. Of, oh, voluntarily, how dare you together.
2: eat inside a heated building? <laughs>
1: well, if you had Governor
0: Newsom, it would have been okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, quick question: I just want to know what exactly is the uh, New York Young Republicans Club? What, like, explain that as. as <clears throat> quickly as you want to as in depth as you want to because I, I have never heard of this before
2: yeah so it's uh it's basically a club for 18 anyone between 18 and 40 i mean you could be any age and join but the people that can actually vote and and be like you know in leadership positions is 18 and 40 and we're a political club so you know we we have socials we have speakers uh, we do, you know, grassroots activism like we just did down at Zuccotti Park with Reoccupy Wall Street. We'll do deployments to help campaigns. It's basically like a way for you know the minority of young Republicans in New York, because we're in such a Democratic city, uh, to get together and uh, you know have a good time, have a have a friend network, have a social network. And honestly, I think. Uh, more cities and states need uh, what we what we have, because I think a lot of people, especially what, what big tech is doing to censor you online, uh, I think, you know, people would stick, would would have a lot easier of a time uh, staying true to their principles and advocating uh, for their beliefs if they had a support network behind them. Uh, many times I, I, we meet people all the time who join our club who, you know, they were like, oh, I had no idea you were other people like me and, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, we have about 500 or so, 550 members uh, we have a clubhouse here in Manhattan. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of it's a it's a cool thing. So we're we're happy we uh, we can run it. It's been around for over 100 years and uh, we've we've shifted it to the right. We've made it a lot more conservative, a lot more populist in recent years because it used to be run by a, lo- a bunch of rhinos. Uh, so we took it over. Basically, it was like a coup d'etat.
1: OK, uh, you don't usually see uh, younger New Yorkers uh, on the side of Republicans. How did you come about to that side?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm from New York originally. I'm I'm, I'm born and bred here. I, I think there's like a misnomer. I mean, New York's a big place. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, population wise, 8 million, I mean, that's bigger than many states. Right. Uh, and I think people tend to forget, you know, if, if 30% of New York is Republican, that's still a lot of Republicans. Right. Uh, it may not be a high percentage, but it's a high nominal value. And where I'm from in the outer boroughs and Queens, where Trump is from, uh, there's a lot of pockets of Republicans. I would say Staten Island, uh, which is one of the five boroughs, is, is as Republican as Alabama, Uh, But people forget that South Brooklyn Mm. is very Republican. So Hmm. there are pockets of very Republican areas here. And it's uh, kind of that blue collar kind of Republican. Okay. but even with the club and everything, I mean, a lot of people move to New York I mean, we have people that move to New York from all over the country to get jobs. Right. And, you know, they may be Republicans when they move here. So surprisingly, we get we, we before COVID, we were having events with like 400 people. Right. I mean, We were doing great and, and we do way more than the young Democrats do. Um, and maybe that's because we are the minority and we are kind of like the niche. We are kind of like the outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it may help us. Um, but you know, I think you you could find you could find Republicans, conservatives, people on the right anywhere if, if you look from.
0: Sure. So um, we've we've talked a little about the the whole GameStop stuff that's leading up to all all this like hedge fund, Wall Street stuff that's going on. But we have very little knowledge of that, like the stock m- market arena or like anything about Wall Street. So we're kind of. We're kind of ignorant when it comes to any of this stuff, and I'm guessing this is what sparked this whole Reoccupy Wall Street movement that you've got going on as of the last few days. So, um, could you just give us like a brief layman's overview of what actually happened mid last week till now with the whole GameStop stuff, leading into um, all these like short short stock squeezes, is what they're calling. Um, just get give us give us a, your best explanation of this, so we can actually understand what's going on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll go further back than just the last few weeks. I mean, I would say that the the, the GameStop phenomenon started really almost at the end of 2019. I believe Uh, GameStop was going under some new management and there were some things that were changing with how they are running their, their business model. So there were some changes in the fundamentals of the stock that could point to the stock price rising. Now, that's just a minor increase, not something massive that we've seen. And there were some people on this on this Reddit subreddit, uh, Wall Street Bets, that was promoting uh, GameStop based on you know it could be a good trade. And then in addition to that, people that had in, had in, uh, had posted information that showed uh, that uh, some major hedge funds uh, were shorting GameStop. It was one of the most shorted stocks. In fact, it's uh, it was I think. Uh, 50% over float, And the float is how many stocks are in circulation. So this stock was shorted more than there were actual stocks in existence. And a short is basically uh, you're borrowing uh, the stock at one price. You're hoping the price goes down. Uh, so when you buy it back, uh, you make the difference. So it's basically you're hoping for the price to go down uh, with a short. Uh, but the problem with a short is that uh, you, your losses could be infinite. If you buy a stock If you buy for five, the most you could lose is five. If you short a stock, uh, you could lose infinite amounts of money because you eventually have to buy this thing back. So if it Mm -hmm. goes up, uh, you're stuck. You have to execute on the contract. You have to buy the stock back. Um, So the hedge fund started shorting this thing and it was probably being shorted well beyond what could be justified. Um, I'm all for shorting stocks. They serve a good function in the pricing mechanism. If you have information that an asset is, you know, doing badly or it's overpriced, you want to signal that to the market so everyone can know and you do that through shorting. But sometimes it could be abused. So they were abusing it with GameStop. They were abusing it with AMC, for instance, which is another quote-unquote meme stock. But AMC, the only reason the stock price really tanked was because no one could go to the movie theaters because right. they locked everything down. Mm-hmm. Right. And when they did the short squeeze, it was killing their ability to raise capital in order to keep themselves afloat. So in, ca- in cases like that, the short sellers are really... I don't know if I could swear on here, but they really yeah, are the, the assholes. Um, so mm-hmm. what happened is, is uh, the Wall Street Bets guys realized that if they – through these retail apps like Robinhood, they could easily start buying the stock in mass when it was so dirt cheap. And if they all collectively were buying enough of it, it could it could just force the price of the stock up mm-hmm. because a lot of these short contracts were, were set to hit kick in, and the hedge funds had to buy the stocks back no matter what. Um, and this would just create this pressure that the price had to continuously rise because as the price rose they're going to need to buy them back from all the shorting and it's just going to come and then if people don't sell them and many of these uh wall street bets guys refuse to sell it just put this this inflationary pressure on the price to send it skyrocketing so they started doing this slowly but surely and the price continued to rise and rise and rise and rise and rise and then in the last few weeks it just went out of control and the prices were soaring to, I think, as much as $400. Um, and then at that point, the hedge funds were basically bankrupt. Because if mm. they had, I mean, I think they lost almost $70 billion in total because they had shorted this thing so much. Mm. And if they shorted it at $5, And now the price is 400 and they have to buy each stock back at $400. I mean, they don't have, they don't have enough liquidity to handle that. So Melvin Capital, which was the main one, pretty much went bankrupt. Uh, They had to get bailed out by Citadel, which consequently uh, was the, uh, was one of the biggest clients of Robinhood. I think about 60% of their business went through Citadel. So these hedge funds basically engaged in collusive behavior uh, because they were trying to save their own asses and they told, uh, they told Robinhood to shut down. Uh, the buying of this stock, not the selling, but the buying. Which is blatantly manipulative mm-hmm, because if right. you could only sell, a, if you could only sell a stock, its price is only going to go down. Yep. But if you could buy it, it could still go up. So they did that. The price started to drop from four hundred, and now there's been this back and forth, and they're they're letting some trading back in. But it, it's very clear they went on record and they engaged in fraudulent activities. They engaged in several felonies, I believe. Uh, I mean, people have gone to jail for much less than what these with these hedge funds and what Robinhood did. Um, and the irony of it all is it's done by a company named Robinhood. Right. which whole marketing shtick was a uh, power to the traders, mm. you know, democratize the markets. Everyone can trade. You don't have to be a big, fancy Wall Street guy. You could be whoever you could put some extra cash and you could buy just like the big guys. We'll give you a free stock if you join. And, you know, Robin Hood stealing from the rich, giving to the poor. So that all end up becoming the most ironic lie of 2021 already. <laughs> yeah. That and was, that uh, was the- now we're, now we're here, but it ended up being one of the biggest transfers of wealth, I think in human history, because a bunch of these nobody anonymous, Joe Schmoes on Reddit, were able to go from buying this thing at $5 to having it to holding it at 400 they became multimillionaires. I mean, they were, they were buying homes, they were paying off their student loans, they were paying off their student debts. And now the media corporate complex is vilifying them, trying to make it seem like they're manipulating the market. What, what they did was the short squeeze. That's what right. you were referencing mm-hmm. earlier. Which is a legitimate market response to overshorting an asset. It's it's a self-regulating thing. If you overshort an, if you overshort a stock, you could short squeeze it. That discourages people from shorting too much, which is a it's a good balance. It's self-regulation. You don't need government. And um, they did that. And now they're getting vilified. They're being called the market manipulators. They're being called the bad guys. When really it's David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it's uh, it's a shame that we live in such a such a time of dishonesty but hopefully that wasn't too long sorry no 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 that that was
0: perfect that was good um yeah we we've tried our best to explain it and i mean we got the gist across of it but um uh yeah it's nice to have somebody that that actually knows a little bit of what's going on with this stuff and we've pointed out several times what what you were saying about the irony of this company called robin hood that supposedly the steal from the rich give to the poor concept and it's just like all of a sudden the 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 commoners i guess you could call them start and it's not even that they're stealing from the rich they're just playing the rich man's game they're just right. and winning sitting yeah. down at the table and uh the rich people are realizing oh oh shit they they're playing their hand and they're right. they're winning each yeah. hand and, and then <laughs> they
1: get pissed and want to shut it down
0: yeah and they're trying to get government regulation involved they're trying to like you said manip- manipulate it mm-hmm. when and then turn around and say that uh, the commoners are the ones manipulating it when all they're doing is calling them out and uh, pointing out the flaws in the system and how um, these elitists or whatever you want to call it are, are single-handedly um, tanking small businesses or smaller businesses. I don't know if you can call a GameStop a small business or not, but um, like you were saying, AMC, it's specifically like um, running them into the ground because it's a, a dying oh. company already because of um, come false, on false, on. false uh, market with with the COVID shutdowns. That for what, whether or not you think they should happen, obviously it's what's killing all these businesses, like the movie theaters and stuff. And now um, these hedge funders want to come in and kill it even further. And um, then they get all pissed and upset that that commoners are coming and playing their game and beating them at their their own game.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that that's basically what this comes down to. It's kind of like this old boys club uh of these elitist you know kind of big money guys versus you know the rabble and they and they you know they go on cnbc and they call these people unsophisticated they call them dumb they call them too stupid they Mm -hmm. say oh you know we're shutting down trading and we're doing these things for your benefit it's very patronizing and Mm -hmm. what's what's funny about the whole thing is the only people that were unsophisticated in this whole thing were the hedge fund managers because they were very they were very cocky they were very arrogant uh you know they had they had no uh you know they they seem to have been really caught with their pants down because they, have, they get paid millions of dollars to manage billions of dollars, and that includes having a staff of dozens of analysts, and we're supposed to believe that these hedge fund managers couldn't tell one of their analysts to go onto Reddit and to <laughs> monitor these forums and to see what the retail investors are doing, who have a ton of capital and could really move markets if there's a cultural phenomenon, if there's mass psychology, You're telling me they didn't have the competence to do that? I mean, that's just incompetence on their part. They Mm -hmm. deserve to lose. If I started a business and I made a stupid decision, my business would fail. I would have to shut down stores. I'd be out of business. I wouldn't go on TV and be like, oh, it's not my fault. My hot dog stand failed. It's these stupid idiots who don't appreciate my hot dogs. I mean, it would Mm -hmm. be like, you know, Mm you laughed out. But that's kind of like what they're doing. They're basically trying to claim everyone else is stupid, but not them, even though they're the ones who lost at their own game and then the other thing is you know they, they go on cnbc and they're saying oh well you know the price of gamestop it's too high that's not really where it should be
1: mm-hmm. the price
2: is determined by the market right mm-hmm. if someone wants to buy gamestop for 400 that's the price if i wanted to go outside and buy a pair of shoes that is made in china for five dollars but you slap a nike logo on it and you charge me 400 that's the price no one no one says anything about that no one ever come no one ever does the kind of comparisons they do with stocks to regular goods and services but for some reason for stocks there's some expert on CNBC that could tell you, Oh no, the actual price of GameStop really should be 10. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Yeah. And you cannot just get a stock price, just looking at its revenue sheets and it's, it's other financial statements. There's mass psychology at work. There's cultural phenomenons at work. There's memes. I mean, the meme sent this thing to the moon, but if you're, if you're, if you're not like, you know, if you're not paying attention to these things, if you're not staying ahead of the curb, you're going to lose out like the hedge funds. So this is a, this is a beautiful case of the free markets. And what pisses me off is people claiming they support free markets, mm-hmm. trying to screw over the Reddit guys. Right. It's, it's just it's just lying, two face uh, phone Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, and then you you know one of the more concerning things besides the fact that you got politicians like Warren getting involved, but you have Google protecting like Robinhood, getting rid of negative reviews, you know, of the Robinhood app that you know people that have been blocked or have been putting on there you got Google blocking them you know from putting negative reviews
2: yeah i mean that's big tech and big finance teaming up on this one i mean it's it's just you know the we're living in a society where they're just they don't even care anymore they don't even care that they're getting exposed for doing such blatant Manipulation of information and, and and finances. I mean, you know, the people were were legitimately giving negative reviews to to Robinhood because they betrayed their customer base. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 prevented them from trading. It's not like these were illegitimate reviews. I mean, Google and all these companies are fine to leave up negative reviews if it's about politics. Right. You right. know, if you have a small business and and they find out you're a Republican, they'll the mob will will come on your your, your Yelp page and leave you one star reviews. They got no problem with that. But God forbid. Uh, you you leave a negative review for an app that advertises itself as power to uh, let the people trade, and then they literally do the exact opposite. I mean, it's like it, it's 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 just it just shows we're living in this world where these corporations are just running wild and can just do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, compare this to the um, the
2: 08.
0: Hang on, just Walzer second. Something to start a chain
1: after the bell host. Much, much What more. the hell? Charlie Backview, I thought that was a great comment. Is that yours or is you, that you me? Hit on a couple of core Thank
0: parts. you. There we go. Sorry, I pulled up an article and it started playing in the background. Um, can, is there comparisons to this and the the 2008 housing bubble where um, there was blatant um, building up of this housing um, market through um, BS uh, loans that were going out to people that clearly couldn't afford these loans just to um, I don't know, just to to inflate the, the housing market higher than it should have been, and then obviously it went bust. Is there comparisons to this, or is this something completely different?
2: I mean, there are comparisons in some regards. I mean, with the housing bubble, I mean, I would argue that was more on the government side. That was more on the Fed side. They created a lot of uh, you know disincentives that encouraged loose lending standards, that encouraged uh, risky loans. Um, they created a lot of moral hazard excuse me, that allowed these banks and these financial institutions kind of to run wild and to over leverage in many regards. Um, at the same time, obviously, so there was obviously some some blame to be placed on the banks and the financial institutions, I was fully against them being bailed out. That's mm-hmm. where I think I was very enraged. I think many Americans were very enraged. Um, that's where the start of the Tea Party and the Occupy Wall Street movement could really be dated to. Mm-hmm. Um, because look, if you're going to, I have no problem if you're going to uh, you know, bundle a bunch of underlining loans and sell it as a single financial security. I mean, there's there's benefits to doing that. It, 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 it does help, you know, because there are, you, you do want to have access to credit. You do want people to be able to get loans and you do want, you know, a good liquidity in the market and all these things. So there are, there are good positive things to have about, you know, bundling certain loans together uh, to make them a stronger deal and able to, you know, pass them off. But at the same time, it's like when those things go bust and when there are issues, as there may be, You have to accept the responsibilities Mm -hmm. for it and the problem has always been is that a lot of people have been supporting uh privatized profits and socialized losses and that's Mm -hmm. where the hypocrisy comes into play and i think that's what really pisses most people off i mean i don't think most people are anti-market i don't think they're anti-stock market but i think they're definitely anti uh double standards and they're definitely anti uh you know this kind of uh patronage and, and favoritism to the big guys over the little guys
0: um, I, I read, I think it was CNN that uh, attributed all of this to a a symptom of Trumpism. All this Reddit stuff that's going on, like going after the elitists, going after, uh, like sticking it to the man. Do you see any an um, in- indicator that this is a, a runoff of Trumpism, like Trump fever or whatever you call it, um, whatever like, or is it just them? Everything that goes bad for the next however many years is going to obviously be tied back to Donald Trump.
2: Uh, yes, I agree with your last statement. I think they're going to be using him as a boogeyman and a scapegoat for years to come and and probably the most comedic fashion. And it's going to get really ridiculous. And I think most people are going to be tuning out at that point, but they'll still beat a dead horse as long as they can. Um, as far as this specific example, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I think most of the guys on wall street bets were pretty apolitical. I think they were just honestly just trying to look to make money and they were just kind of, you know, regular dudes, you know, exchanging information and, and strategies and, and stock tips but i do think that they red-pilled most of them Mm -hmm. i think uh, after this kind of uh this kind of rigging i think most of these guys probably are now sitting in a camp where it's like wow you know screw the establishment screw these guys you know maybe trump was right maybe you know these anti-establishment popular sentiments are right so i think you know lucky for people like me who are in this movement i think it's generated a lot of converts. Um, but this, I mean, and I think now it's, I think now it's obviously spun into a much bigger situation. Mm And I think when it was first starting, I wouldn't, I think they were just trying to find a way to make money. Then when they saw what was happening, it kind of became the principle of it kind of sticking it to the hedge funds in a way. Right. Um, and then I think things, the real turning point, the real inflection point was, uh, when they shut down trading, I think that's when Mm -hmm. things escalated into a really political, type of sphere, because at that point, it was almost, you're basically laying the groundwork for this whole storyline, you know, the little guys versus the big guy. And that's where a lot of the political actions and and forces came in. That's where my club came in. That's Mm -hmm. where a lot of others came in. Um, And that's why, but I also think uh, the broader picture here is the media is basically running cover for the hedge funds. They're basically Mm -hmm. running cover for big finance and they're trying to actively work to vilify Reddit. And they're actively trying to work to tie Reddit. Uh, you know, to things that some people may find, uh, you know, bad if they want to tie him to Trump so they can turn, you know, people that are because they they understand, like, this movement has a lot of sympathies with the left. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw down on Wall Street, we did see a lot of left wing people that were supporting us. So what do they do to try to dissuade leftists from supporting this cause and making this a bipartisan cross party lines cause is now they're going to try to tie them to Trump when it really has absolutely nothing to do with Trump.
0: So let's let's talk then about the reoccupy Wall Street movement, because um, the original Occupy Wall Street movement. And I, I heard somebody else asking you the same question. The original was um, more of a, a left side thing that was going on. And um, obviously, being the, the young Republicans club, that's that's not the stance you guys take. So um, what are the similarities and what are the differences Um are you partnering up with some of these same people that were involved in the original Occupy Wall Street movement? Um, are you seeing like a clash there? Is it something completely different or is it like an extension of the original?
2: Uh, it's definitely something different. I mean, I think we had a bunch of people there that that were original occupiers. We had people there that were left wing. I mean, I think one of the beautiful things was there was a lot of unity. I found, I met a lot of people that I don't agree with politically, uh, but we all were there and we, we locked arms and we had uh, the same views for a day. And we were both or all sides were universally um, viewing the situation with utter contempt. And uh, I think it was a good thing. I don't think we've seen anything like that in in the American body politic for a long time. And I think that's why the establishment, I think that's why the media, I think that's why the political class, the big finance, they're all very scared, uh, because this is an issue where the masses can gather around. And I think a large part of sort of the powers that be strategy in in terms of maintaining control and and centralizing their their control is is keeping people divided and squabbling amongst themselves over stupid things like racial identity and and wokeism and all these other concepts that are really meant to divide people um, rather than unite them. But I think this issue kind of cut through all the, the previous divisions and, uh, that's why it, it, it was a good, it was a good thing that we were able to put it on and, and, and put it together. But I mean, the original occupy wall street movement, I have my, my, my grievances with, I, I understand some of their sentiment. Um, if, you know, I, I, if I, if I could go back in time, I would go to them and I would say, you guys shouldn't be protesting on wall street. You should be protesting outside the federal reserve, uh, because they were the biggest issue here. They were the ones who created that sort of environment that allowed all the, uh, all the issues and all the inequities and all the financial uh, shenanigans to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did have, I did, I did appreciate some of their underlining frustrations. I just didn't necessarily agree with their prescription. Uh, and, you know, it, it, some of them were probably more reasonable than others. Some were far less reasonable than others. Um, so it, it, it was a big movement. It had many different people involved. It wasn't universal by any means, Um, but at the end of the day, it didn't really accomplish anything. I think, I think I'm not trying to be cruel in saying that to them, but it really didn't accomplish anything. The Reddit guys did more in a a few weeks, uh, to really stick a finger up to, to big finance and, and, and the hedge funds and wall street than occupy wall street ever did. Um, they, they cost them $70 billion. They closed three, uh, hedge funds. Uh, what did occupy wall street did? They did nothing. All that happened was corporate America started, you know, participating in woke culture and started putting up you know pride flags and things like that like they bought they bought the occupy wall street protest off with like token shows of uh, wokeism that's all they did Mm -hmm. um so that's why we're here so um
0: when did this uh reoccupy when did that actually start up um is this just within the last couple days that you started protesting or has this been um kind of building up before this or is this this the the incident that sparked this to like step up
2: it was right after the, the trading closed it was kind of in the works but we kind of put it together within 72 hours notice uh you know we wanted to start it on sunday just because you know i wanted people who could show up who didn't have to work um and i didn't want you know to, to drag it on any longer or to miss the news cycle but we realized that this was a good issue uh, we also didn't want this issue to get memory holed we didn't want mm-hmm. people to forget about it we didn't want people to just pretend it never happened i mean we have to take advantage of the news cycle as it moves fast so we had to get down there and we were able to gather 100 people short notice 100 plus people in and below freezing weather i mean it was absolutely brick outside um and 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 we still got everyone to show up we got a ton of press we got a ton of uh you know, uh reach and views online for these uh speeches and, and the videos. Uh so I think it sent a good message. I think it shows that what's going on is is not going to just go away. It's gonna be part of a larger movement. I think a lot of people have been red pilled and I think uh you know in the long term uh this may be a good thing even though in the short term it kind of sucks.
0: So I, I was reading an article of how it- about the Reoccupy Wall Street movement, and it was talking about how the uh, the Wall Street bull was quote unquote vandalized, and they had to cover it up with a tarp because of like blue tape that was stuck to it. Um, with different sayings and stuff, and just just the fact that they were calling that vandalism um, seemed ironic to me with all the stuff that's gone on throughout the country this last year as far as vandalism is concerned that has been um, considered, quote-unquote, peaceful protesting for the last six, eight months. So um, did do you have any information about any of this vandalism, or was that something completely separate from you guys, or you just not want to comment on that at all?
2: Uh, No one in my group or anyone I know had anything to do with that. I know that when I was down there and and I know and even before our events, there's been sporadic kind of disjointed, uh, smaller kind of uh, subsidiary protests and things going on um that you know we're not really official or any anything in our capacity we were we were exclusively in zakati park uh which is where the original occupy wall street was um mm-hmm. and the bull is in a different area um there may have been people that you know did that before us after us i'm not sure but i don't encourage vandalism i think that's stupid um uh, but i do agree with you pointing out the hypocrisy and the double standards by saying you know uh, all of a sudden the uh the bull was maybe slightly vandalized with some blue tape and and they're they're screeching about that but no one had anything to say when, you know, main streets across the country were getting burned down, small businesses were getting destroyed. Uh, and, and those are the kind of people that are suffering, you know, these small business owners, but we're all supposed to shed tears because uh, the hedge funds lost some money and uh, the Wall Street bull had a little tape on it. So uh, everything in perspectives.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so is the government getting involved here? We see stuff like Elizabeth Warren coming out and making statements and uh, people calling for Yellen to... Um, to do whatever it is she can do as the treasury secretary, even though apparently she has like, um, some conflict of interest taking money from some of these banks for speaking fees and stuff like that. Is the, is the government actually making a statement about this? Are they coming out to try to, um, to regulate this or manipulate it in any way? Or are they just being silent at the moment?
2: Um, I definitely think they're going to be using this as a justification uh, to regulate the markets more, and they're going to regulate it not to help the little guy. They're going to regulate it to protect and further entrench uh, the established and and concentrated institutional wealth. Uh, They're going to put up more barriers to entry for people to trade. They're going to put up more restrictions on trading. They're going to do everything they can to make sure that you really can't make any legitimate money uh, in the markets anymore, which is what happened. Uh, They just want it uh, to be a, a closed table, a closed game uh, for certain individuals, um, and that's what they want. They don't right. want the rabble to have a seat at the table. They don't want the peasants uh, to be able to to outsmart them. Uh, so I definitely think this is going to be used as a as a cause. Uh, for further government encroachment into the markets. Uh, people like Yellen are absolutely full of conflicts of interest. She's getting millions of dollars in speaking fees from these banks, these institutions. Um, and now she's running the treasury department. Um, I mean, who cares that she's a female? She's gonna be corrupt. She's gonna be doing mm-hmm. favors for them. I think she already has. Um, she's not gonna be looking out for uh, the national interest. She's certainly not gonna be looking out uh, for 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 the regular working schlubs interest or Main Street's interest. She's only gonna be looking to protect uh, her her Wall Street corporate donors, uh, so she's very much a compromised figure. Uh, but the government's going to get more involved, and I think they're only going to make it worse. And uh, that's kind of a depressing thing. But you know, th- th- until we we can get a coherent philosophy around this and promote it actively, I think a lot of people are going to allow this to happen because many people actually still think the Democrats are the ones fighting Wall Street when they're probably right. the biggest recipients of Wall Street money.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there any <clears throat> Republicans that have stood up and said that you know, hey, this is not
2: a bad thing. So, yeah. Uh, before I get to that, I also remembered you mentioned Elizabeth Warren. I'll quickly say about Warren uh, that she's controlled opposition. She's a total fake left wing hack. Uh, she went out there and started vilifying the Reddit the Reddit traders mm-hmm. and running cover for the hedge funds, basically saying that oh the the Reddit guys were manipulating the markets and they were causing. Uh, uh you know uh, price fluctuations and market volatility, which is the dumbest excuse ever. The markets always have volatility. The markets mm-hmm. always are 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 have price surges and, and swings and dips. I mean that's how people make money on the market right. through those price fluctuations. So if the if the prices row is constant no one would buy into the market, uh, uh Elizabeth, but she knows that. Um but she says that anyway, just to go just goes to show that she's never looking out for 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 the real people in these the real good guys here. She's she's just pretending to be something she's not. She's totally contrived and phony. As far as Republicans, I've also been very, uh, you know, a a bit disappointed. I haven't really seen or heard from any major Republican figures coming out on, on behalf of the Reddit day traders. I think it's uh, it's pretty sad. I think it's stupid. I think this is a great issue politically. I think it's it has broad appeal. You can win over a lot of voters. I think a lot of people would support a Republican if they had the brains to jump on this issue. Right, but yeah. I think they're, uh, many of them are very beholden to donor interests uh, rather than their voters. Uh, so despite this being a pretty much a slam dunk issue for most Republicans, they've largely remained silent. And I also think they have this They have this flawed view that going against Wall Street is somehow anti-free market when in reality the Wall Street guys want you to go anti-free market because they're trying to protect themselves Mm -hmm. because there's a difference between being pro-business and pro-market, which I don't think a lot of Republicans understand. I think they think if you're pro-business, it's being pro-market when they're very different things.
0: Right, right. especially when the markets are so very clearly um, manipulating things and and keeping certain businesses from – doing like reaching certain potentials it's it's like a them versus us thing whether you want to say it or not um you can say uh wall street and the markets are the free market or capitalism and that's and i i remember having that sentiment back during the original um occupy wall street movement um what was it how many years ago is that now? it's been 10, eleven yeah it's yeah. been been a while ago, so I was pretty young, but I remember thinking well i I don't know what they have against the free markets, and I, again this is this is capitalism that they're fighting against, and so it, um but now at thirty five years old, I'm looking at this stuff, and um them, like these reddit users that are sticking it to the Wall Street elitist is what the free market is like the The fact that they they can um, use whatever technology, whatever power it is to um, to buy up stocks and and increase and like actually um, re- uh, move move the stock market the way they have that that's an example of free markets not not whatever fake BS is going on in the markets where they want to uh, freeze selling to keep it from reaching certain numbers or what, I mean, that's what the stock market's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to do. So it's, uh, they're actually Mm -hmm. like stunting free market by putting on these freezes. And this is
1: probably the the most like free market thing that has happened since maybe like the twenties. Yeah. Right.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. Well, they—they, they, I mean, honestly, I mean, a lot of uh, there's a lot of things in the market that are that are far from the free market. I mean, I have a radical view about insider trading. I mean, I think uh, that, that insider trading should be legalized. I don't think there's any crime. I mean, I think if you have information about a stock mm. uh, that could either lead its price to go up or lead its price to go down, you should be able to act on that information mm. because by acting on that information, either buying or shorting, um, other people will see the price move and be able to see, okay, wait, someone out there. In the market, I don't know who they are, but someone out there is selling or buying the stock. They must know something, right. and that would make the price more accurately reflect the the quote unquote fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, but that's made illegal. Uh, so there's a lot of things that you know go on in the market today that uh, it's simply you know just a byproduct of government regulations. I mean, there's a lot of mm-hmm. forms of trading and certain types of securities that are only available to a select few. I mean, you have to have maybe a certain Bloomberg terminal, or you have to have certain licensures and right. stuff like that. Um, it's not, it's not that freely available. Um, I think if anything, the markets need to be opened up further right. and, uh, this should be used as a cause to do so because more people being involved in the market, more liquidity, more people being able to do the same kinds of trades that big guys are able to do. It's going to be good for everyone. And more, and more people can make money, but they don't want more people to make money right. because Some of these transactions are Mm zero-sum. In the case of this short squeeze, it's 100% zero-sum. There's a loser and there's a winner, and they don't want to be the loser. They want you to be the loser, Mm -hmm. Uh, so they'll do whatever they can to to screw you over. Right.
0: Do you need a hand with video and YouTube content editing and production? Send some love to our newest sponsor, Van Zot Media, a freelance video editor and YouTube content creator that produces a wide variety of content such as audiobooks, audio dramas, podcasts, gaming videos, and interviews. Vanzot is passionate about entertainment and dedicated to helping others grow their name and brand. Check them out at facebook.com slash Vanzot Media. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T Media. Facebook.com slash Media. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout-out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me- Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. So... Um, I saw some posts on throughout the social media that, that said, actually, no, this was a, a CNN article I read that was saying, um, um, w- w- it was like a pundit or something, but it, it was talking about uh, what is there to actually gain from this. And th- I think this was the same article that compared it to Trumpism. It's like, um, you people are going after just to stick it to the man. And it's like, what do you have to gain by sticking it to the man? Like, what do you expect to gain out of this? And um, my response w- to that was, Stinging it to the man was the game that was that was the point, like exposing the corruption for what it is was the point or i I mean, yeah, you said a lot of these people went in it to make some money, but I think. After the fact – like, later on in the day, I think a lot of people were just going in, not necessarily thinking they were going to make a million bucks out of this, but they were like, wow, these guys are actually going after and, like, moving things that haven't been moved in years. Let's jump on this thing just to stick it to this corrupt uh, system.
1: Well, I certainly think – I mean, where things have gone since then, you know, with the uh, the movement with silver lately you know, and some of the other short-sell stocks that have been going up – is definitely been a stick it to the man situation.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, there was that meme. There was like the woman, she's like yelling, honey, sell, we'll be millionaires. And then right. he's looking the other way. He says, no, we must make them pay. I mean, right. there was 100% uh, a lot of people who were doing this on principle. And I think that's really what drove this to the moon, quote unquote. Because if it was a traditional short squeeze, many people would have sold by now, mm-hmm. um, but they refused to sell. And the price had to keep getting higher and higher to find willing buyers for these people to close out their shorts. Um, and that's, what's really pissing off the establishment because they're acting because they know the Reddit guys in many ways are acting irrational and they're not acting in their, their financial self-interest. Um, and they're purposely uh, foregoing uh, massive amounts, massive amounts of profits and gains on these stocks in order to send a message, mm-hmm. um, which is the beautiful thing about it all. I mean, it's very, I you have to give, you have to be commending them. Right. Uh, you have to commend them for this, that they're putting, a personal gain uh, to the side in order just to expose what's going on on Wall Street and what's going on between the feds and 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 uh, the big moneyed interest so uh, all the power to them but yeah you're right I mean I think this was uh, it, it did send a message. It was effectively sending a message. And I think sending a message is a good thing. Uh, we wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. Many other people wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. I think this woke up a lot of millions of people, tons of people I know in my own personal life through anecdotes had no idea about any of this. I never heard of Reddit. I never heard of shorting and didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the markets or GameStop or anything. They're, they're, they they got a quick glimpse of what the story was about. And they're like, this is messed up. I support the Reddit guys. I mean, that's, that's a huge... That's a huge victory if you could turn around Mm -hmm. a lot of people who were completely apathetic or clueless to this Mm -hmm. thing and make them pick a side. So, I mean, and if the establishment wasn't worried about what was happening, about sending a message, they wouldn't have to do all this gaslighting and they wouldn't have to do all this misinformation and they wouldn't have to tell you how useless it was because it would be self-evident if that was the case, but they have to remind you it is because they are actually scared.
1: Well to me I mean it, it gave perspective because I was not a fan of the Occupy Wall Street movement originally because mm-hmm. what you saw was you know a lot of these you know college students that you know complaining about you know ninety thousand dollars in debt at, with my Russian philosophy degree and all I can get mm-hmm. is this degree you know this job at Starbucks and so I had no sy- sympathy for that but this completely puts it in a different perspective it's like yeah you know this is a, a elitist you know you have these gatekeepers that are preventing other people from you know playing the same game and they get pissed off when other people start dipping their toe in that pond
2: no you're right I mean I and I fully agree with you I think a lot of the original Occupy Wall Street were these kind of trust fund kids who lived off mommy and daddy they got a stupid degree and now they wanted society to uh, bail them out for their dumb decisions I mean Mm. I have no sympathy for them either Um, and I think a lot of them still exist I think a lot of the leftists uh, today are the same type of people they're the same type of kind of limousine liberals you know just looking for looking for someone else to you know to to you know cover their uh cover up for their failures or fix their own failures and they like to blame everyone else for their own personal failings um but that's always been a problem that'll continue to be a problem but that's why this reoccupy wall street this new uh you know short squeeze is actually an authentic uh, grassroots movements going Mm -hmm. against the establishment. It's, it's real, uh, it's effective and it's based on, uh, you know, authentic sentiments, not just, uh, you know, this kind of virtue signaling or this, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this, um, self-projection of one's own failures, which in many ways was what the original Occupy Wall Street movement was.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, you said, you mentioned, and I was, that, that brings up this, uh, quote by L- Elizabeth Warren I have here, but you had mentioned that this is an authentic grassroots movement, but Elizabeth Warren came out in the last couple of days and said this started out as Reddit users and that's what got this started, but who's to say this isn't like um, these big uh, Wall Street people like jumping on this to to just uh, ride this wave out with it and, and increase their bottom dollar and stuff too, and so it almost seems like Elizabeth Warren is trying to Almost water down this move, this grassroots movement that's happening. Saying, "Well, well, yeah, this did start out as Reddit users and it started out as commenters, but but it really boomed because um, p- the potential of some of these like big Wall Street people jumping in
2: and, and writing this out too. What do you have to say to that? I'm sure people have jumped in on it, but that's only propelled the movement forward. I mean, the the the, the structure of what they're doing. Uh, is only furthered when outside capital is joining in on the short squeeze. So mm-hmm. um, it's not a bad thing that they're coming in. It actually helps the movement, and it doesn't it doesn't dilute or delegitimize the underlining impetus for this all. Um, you know, every movement is going to have some inauthentic people joining in for personal gain. We just discussed Occupy Wall Street. That's no different. Uh, but it it just it just goes to show that Elizabeth Warren is so hell bent on uh, you know destroying. Uh, This peasant revolt, as Cernovich called it, because uh, it actually represents a real threat uh, to her paymasters and the people that support her, Um, and she doesn't want to be exposed as a hack, so she has to do it under this umbrella and this guise of, oh, well, you know, it's really just a hedge fund, it's really just other Wall Street guys just getting in on this for, for a quick buck, it's not really... The little guy. Don't don't buy into that. That's mm-hmm. Russian propaganda or whatever they're saying now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's how I saw
0: it, too. It's almost like she's just trying to convince the rest of us not to uh, take sides with this because it's like, well, it's it's not really the little guy doing this. That's what they want you to think. So so don't get into this. I've even seen articles go as far to say as um, the biggest losers out of all of this will be the Reddit users are the the little guys that are buying into this because when this does inevitably go bust, they're going to be the ones that are losing the most out of this. So it's trying to convince them. It's like, do you really want to play this game? Because who's going to lose on this? You guys are going, it's basically flat out warning them. You guys are going to be the losers out of all of this.
2: It's so stupid. Cause I mean, if you break everything up into like tranches, you have, you know, the first group of people that bought into it really early they're definitely not going to lose out. I mean, unless this thing crashes all the way below $5, mm-hmm. they're going to either walk away, uh, you know, breaking even or making some money. Right. Uh, then you have the second group that bought in later knowing that the price was already incredibly inflated, uh, but they wanted to send a message. I don't think those guys care if it crashes. I think they purposely did it as a finger. Then you have the people that joined in later stupidly and, um, and that again that's that's a personal responsibility issue it's like all right well you made a bad bed and now you have to own it okay big mm-hmm. deal that happens in every other market and every other uh, type of exchange so it, it's really just a it's it's just a that whole excuse just falls flat on its face it's just a way for them uh to argue the position they want which is to protect the hedge funds without seeing seeming so biased and so um they don't want to appear well they are appearing disingenuous i mean in my Mm. mind but they want to appear to have genuine concern for other people's not just the hedge fund so they're going to hide it behind this kind of patronizing line line of thinking which it it doesn't even really make sense either because most of these people are are probably going to make money at the end of the day anyway i mean if this thing goes from 400 to 30 and they bought it at five i think they'll be okay Mm -hmm. um they still made a decent gain so it's it's all moot
0: right so I, I, I want to switch directions a little bit here because I've seen a lot of sentiment over this whole thing on social media specifically um, about how the whole concept of eating the rich is, is communist sentiment. Like um, they like you see people posting this shit that says, well, well, we just want to eat the rich on this. And then I I've seen people comment on it. Well, that that's blatant communism. That comes straight out of the, the communist playbook. So, um, Speak to that on a uh, young Republicans Club um, side of this, where you're clearly as far away from the uh, the Communist Party USA as probably possible. Um, how do you respond to this, where where people are calling this uh, little man taking down the big man being a communist movement?
2: Well, I think when, they're, when you collectivize the rich as this monolithic group of people that are all the same, they all made their money the same, they all have the same values, it's just stupid. It's just like categorizing all the poor as the same uh, person. I mean, you could be poor because you've made stupid decisions. You could be poor through no fault of your own. Uh, likewise, you could be rich because of your decisions and you could be rich through no action of your own. Um, I understand some legitimate frustrations and anger against certain like oligarchical individuals, many of whom, you know, are behind some of these hedge funds or behind big tech or behind big pharma. You know, these are people that, you know, have a lot of wealth that may have been generated through, uh, you know, uh, this symbiotic relationship with the government. It could have been generated through illegitimate means. It could have been generated, um, you know, through through uh, bad malpractice in, in, in different regards. So I understand that there are cases where maybe some of this kind of anger towards the rich could be justified. I wouldn't agree with whatever the prescription is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that I think people need to separate this and, and say, look, it's not just fighting the rich. I mean, there are plenty of people that are rich that were once poor, that that produced a good ser- a good or service that people wanted, and they worked for their money. They worked hard for their money. They got to where they are because of their hard work. And, you know, they don't they don't deserve to be vilified. They fought to get where they were, and they should, if anything, be respected and probably looked to as guidance in your own life. Um, But I do think we've had this situation going on in this country with this overall managed decline, where we have a generation of young people that are going through a period where they're not going to be as wealthy as their parents, or their grandparents, they're going to have less economic opportunity, they're going to have less purchasing power, they're going to make less money, Um, they're not going to have as, as good of a lifestyle in general. And I think it's creating a lot of frustration, I think it's creating a lot of anger, and they don't know where to direct it, because it's it's hard to really pinpoint uh, how we got here because it's it's a, it's just an amalgamation of tons of different uh, variables and policies and politicians over the last few decades that got us into a position where so many people are so pissed off. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at the people saying eat the rich and all these general kind of anti-upper-class sentiments and just blow it off. I would say, well, why do they feel that way? What got us into this position that they're so angry? Um, rather than you know, inspiration, inspired or or hopeful. I mean, usually a young person should be hopeful about the future, not you know, not not angry or dismayed at the future. I mean, if we're in that position, we have to reevaluate society. There's probably something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can use populist rhetoric, which I think the populist right is doing, to capture a lot of their frustrations and funnel it productively into policies and ideas that could actually better themselves. I think that what the left does. they've done effectively is they've taken a lot of people's genuine frustrations and anger towards elements of society and they've weaponized it into stupid bad policies that the left advocates Mm -hmm. the right needs to do the same thing the right needs to go to them and not just have boilerplate slogans and not just tell them you know pick yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever which you know i obviously agree with but they can't just approach it kind of dismissively they should they should see this genuine angst in society and see okay well this is an opportunity for us to show them a different vision and that vision could be done if you you know support what we're trying to do and weaponize it but i think there's a lot of people that are a little short-sighted in that regard and they much rather just dismiss a lot of this anger and just say you know you're stupid you're dumb you don't know what you're talking about which i i I just i do not support Mm -hmm. i think there are a lot of people out there that have genuine anger and they may not be able to articulate a policy position they may not be able to understand why they feel this way but they're not necessarily bad people right hopefully that makes sense i don't know
0: oh it definitely does um in today's country and today's political climate everything is so polarized to where if if you're on one side and somebody on the other side says the same thing like obviously there's an issue there um like uh, that that's just the 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 atmosphere we've we 've built up especially throughout the whole presidency of Donald Trump, if the left saying one thing, the right goes against it, whether they agree with it or not, in this case, we have people like um, AOC and Bernie Sanders coming out in support of this whole Reddit movement, and then we have people such as yourself on the right that are in support of this movement, and i don 't think people know how to wrap their their brains around people on one political spectrum agreeing with something that the other side is doing like we we have been so uh processed to not understand that because we're so um hyper uh polarized right now that um how do you how do you explain that away because obviously some people are going to say well they have their own agenda and all this and you have your agenda all this and you're not even on the same side here is there is this the middle ground between the two sides or is there two separate agendas going on right now
2: well, I think there's the the phenomenon you're describing this kind of hyperpolarization and then when you actually have a common ground it kind of is a little shocking to people that's happening and it's being compounded by the fact that we're also going through a political realignment um, where, where where positions of the parties and and the general ideologies are shifting somewhat and not everyone is up to speed on that not everyone is, has really grasped that yet so when, when an issue like this pops up with reddit and the, and the and the reoccupy movement it's creating a lot of mass confusion um and just just they're not they're, they're scratching their head um but I do think um, you know even if we may understand that there's a problem and we may understand that this is wrong, Um, we should at least be able to come to that sort of agreement and then we can save the policy prescription for later. And that's what kind of the, the movement downtown was. It was basically, listen, we all disagree with what's going on. You guys may have a different path for how to fix it, but at least we both share the same sentiments in terms of something needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. So let's focus on that. Let's build attention for that united as a single front and when we have to cross the bridge about policy, we can cross the bridge about policy, but at least up until that point we've been civil and maybe we can use that civility uh, to create some positive discourse for getting over the policy bridge. So if you break mm-hmm. it up like that, I think that could be a sort of a, a pragmatic political solution. Um, but you know who knows? maybe I'm being too optimistic. Right. but even then if we can get if we could get at least to the bridge, uh, that's better than you know arguing the whole way along, which right. does nothing for anybody.
0: I think this is like the scariest scenario for like big tech or media uh the the mainstream media or even politicians is the fact that um everybody is collectively kind of coming together on this um when we've been so divided and just fighting amongst ourselves for uh, for years now, decades now and it's just like all of a sudden, hey, we have a common enemy here. And um uh Let's all let's all hyper focus on on this issue right here, and all, d- regardless of your political opinions or or what side you want to take, um, we can all agree that that's bad. Let's go after that, and um, that's a power that I don't think uh, mainstream media or big tech or anybody can stop once it gets rolling, and and that is being seen here this last week. This thing has um, become way bigger than just the whole GameStop scenario because it as you mentioned bill this is now moving into like silver people are like supposedly going after uh silver because it affects the big banks specifically which i don't know if that's a smart move or not but you got um, um this is just kind of just snowballing it is what it seems like and um that's just a matter of of a few days, what, like five, six days, of where people are just, like, coming together um, across party lines and saying that, hey, something bad is going on, and we need to expose this.
1: Yeah, and it scares the hell out of them.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. No, it's a, it's a scary thing for anyone who's, who's in a position of power. I mean, the best, the best strategy those who are in power have is divide and conquer. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. uh, Caesar did when he took over Gaul, uh, you pit people against each other, you keep them distracted, you keep them squabbling over things that don't matter. And you keep their attention away from things that do matter. Um, and I think they've done that pretty effectively. And I think uh, big tech and, and other sources of media have been able to influence people and and shift perceptions and, uh, you know, change their opinion on many things and focus them on the wrong areas on boogeymen and scapegoats mm-hmm. and, uh, and trivial things while ignoring, uh you know the, the real issues of our day which is really we're facing a societal managed decline um and we're 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 getting you know we're having a society that's becoming increasingly divided uh in terms especially in economic socioeconomic terms um but if you keep them distracted and you keep them confused uh no one can really pose an effective resistance uh to your you know machinations
0: yeah yeah, I, that's that's where I was going with that. Is the whole divide and conquer thing is kind of um, being brushed aside right now, and I think that is the biggest scare out of all of them. So, and that's that's hopefully that, how, how this continues to move forward.
2: And that's why I got pissed off with people like AOC and a lot of these dense leftists because instead of finding some common ground here and, and actually using it as a force for good uh they just they were just dense and they just wanted to have their their circle jerk and you know talk about the marxian dialectic and you know uh you know racial politics and wokeism and attacking people like cruz who made a good faith effort to reach out to her and attacking other people um so it it, it they, they they seemed purposely they wanted to purposely be ineffective and they rather have just continue to squabbling rather than do the mature thing, do the, uh, do the effective thing, which would be to put aside some differences momentarily and focus on a, a bigger picture. I, and you know I think a lot of people when they heard about our reoccupied movement, they were trying to delegitimize it. They were trying to attack it. They were trying to you know argue semantics and all these stupid things like appropriating the language of the left and all this other nonsense. And, you know, you could just tell that those are the kind of people that are not interested in actually achieving mm-hmm. anything or working towards mm-hmm. any common goal. They just want to have their petty divisions and they want to, uh, you know, continue to squabble over them. And, and, and they're always going to be a thorn on the people's side. But maybe the optimist in me says, you know, you can overcome that over time.
1: Bill, you got anything? You're pretty Do quiet. Do you have any there. other uh, events planned?
2: Um, yeah, we're we're gonna play it by year in terms of kinds of, uh, you know, protests and rallies and things like this. Um, You know, our last rally also did very well. We did that Teddy Roosevelt protest statue at the height of the summer with all the rioting and the the destruction of history. So it was kind of like, that was a big one that we had in New York, Uh, but we're gonna, you know, we'll play it by year on that front, but we're gonna do regular events with speakers and socials soon. I know uh, King Cuomo has decided to reopen the state. How nice uh, of, know, him. How of him. How generous of him. his name. Uh, so we'll be open back by uh, February 14th to actually do stuff indoors again, so that'll be nice.
0: So you don't get our headlines saying how you're um, risking people's lives because you decided to get together and eat lunch together? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, people have really, really just lost their minds the last few months. It's kind of insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it, they're just like handing it, handing out their freedoms freely and like in the name of safety, I guess, like handing... Out there, and this is obviously off topic of what we're talking about, but um handing out their um liberties to say, "Hey, government, protect us, and at what cost like I mean this whole thing has just been insane and asinine to me, and i think I think probably a lot of this build up and um like frustration is probably what leads to stuff like what's going on on Wall Street right now, where the little guy is rising up to try to to um, make their voices heard in some way or another because across the board, I mean, we're, we're the ones getting screwed. We're the ones getting screwed yep. over. The economy is getting completely screwed um, left and right yeah. as, as these elitists just go about doing their own thing like like nothing's changed like right. yep. you, small business guys are the ones that pay for it yeah and you you had brought up Gavin Newsom and how he um shut down his state but then he was willi- able to go out and have his um high dollar meals with his his yeah. big shots and stuff but then um for some reason the rules don't apply to right. them but 10 person limit on thanksgiving yep
2: <laughs> yeah no they're like they act like a, a neo aristocratic order i mean they basically rules for rules for thee, not for me and you're right i mean there's a lot of bumble uh, a bubbling tension in society because you've driven a lot of people into destitution they've they've lost their businesses they've lost their they've lost their jobs their homes their ability to make a living they're now in poverty they're unemployed uh they're driven to drugs they're driven to suicide so i mean there's there's a whole set of things that are going wrong in society right now and it's it's exacerbating a lot of problems and uh you know it it it's it's really it really pisses people off and uh that's why we're probably going to see more political violence we're going to see more political tensions we're going to see more just general chaos and anarchy in society mm-hmm. i think anyone thinking we're going to return to any kind of normalcy whatever that means is uh pretty foolish i have a i
1: have family that lives uh, just north of the city there in new york and uh my uncle was talking about how He's aware of quite a few people that are trying to move out of the state. Are you seeing the same type of thing in the
2: city? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, this is, it's really depressing. I mean, I have so many people I know have left and are not coming back. And uh, you know, the city it's, it's very stark how empty it is. Like where I am in the city, it's a little more normal because there's a lot of hospitals near me and it kind of keeps the foot traffic up, but I work in midtown and it's literally like a, like it's a ghost town. It's like post-apocalyptic, like Mm -hmm. a year ago, you know, working in Midtown, it was like, you know, you were like an ant, and there's like people on top of you. Mm. Now I leave my office. And it's like, you know, there's barely anyone around. Wow. The only thing that's open is a Dunkin Donuts. And it's, it's, it's very weird. And no one wants to talk about it. Like they just gutted America's largest city Uh, is just gutted. And yeah, sure, there's some things that are kind of normal, or they're trying to pretend it's normal, but it's certainly not normal. I think I forgot, I remember keeping track, I think almost like almost a million people have left and I think that wow. was like one of the last counts like months ago it's probably higher um but yeah I mean there's no reason to be here and now the winter I mean it's it, there's like a snowstorm today who the hell wants to stay here if you you can't even go out you can't eat inside you can't drink inside mm-hmm. if it's snowing out you're stuck inside your home um you know they like they it was basically like do you, you need a blueprint to kill a city hmm. here it is and they did every single one of them and it still didn't stop covid wow. that's the that's the crazy kind of world we're living in is Now, is New York similar?
0: I know California was trying to push this thing where um, they can follow you for five years after um, after you exit the city with as mass exodus, or not the city, but the state, and then kind of uh, dip into your income tax for the next five years. Is New York pushing any of that stuff?
2: Well, one, I can't believe California is able to do that. That's just insane and disgusting. Um, I don't know if New York's able to do that, but I do know from some tax friends of mine That New York, in particular New York City, is so insane with their taxes. Um, If you're ever physically present in the city more than, I think, half the year or even less than half the year, you qualify for city taxes. So if you fly in and out of airports in New York pretty regularly Mm -hmm. or you drive through the city and they catch your license plate and stuff, uh, they add that up Mm -hmm. and then they will send you a bill for like city tax. Holy because shit. i used to do this well i shouldn't say this but i mean i was not about saying anything
0: anyway <laughs> they, they do
2: come after people a lot for ridiculous residency like you don't even have to own a place here you don't have to live here you don't have to work here but you know they will they are getting better at finding ways to track you um entering into the bridges and tunnels things like that i mean they're getting more sophisticated because they're also getting desperate they need money right. they need these they need oh, yeah. these tax receipts um, so they're going to get more and more draconian on, uh, finding ways to extract it. Jeez.
0: Let's move back a little bit to the wall street stuff. Um, do you see this? Cause people are like the mainstream media is pushing this, um, whole scare tactic that this is going to crash the markets and this is a bad thing. You guys got to stop this because, um, of the implications of this, do you see this crashing the market? And if it does, do you see this as a bad thing if we crash, uh, an artificially inflated market in the first place? I mean, obviously, bad stuff will come if you crash it. I mean, depression will come or a recession or what have you. But is it a bad thing to expose um, the corruption and deal with the pains of it to build up something that's actually legitimate? Or or do we follow these scare tactics and be like, oh, oh we better back off of this because we might um, pop this volatile bubble that they keep calling it?
2: Uh, I think you know with uh, with the market. I mean, I, you, I do agree with you. I think it's mostly been a bubble uh, for a while, and I don't think it's necessarily reflective of the economy at large. I think there are factors that work in the stock market that uh, do not make it necessarily reflective of underlying economic conditions. Um, but if we can agree that it already is a bubble, a bubble is inevitably going to pop. Um, so whether it is this GameStop, you know, infection, or some other cause, it's going to pop eventually. And if you can accept that as reality, you would would probably want, from just like a utilitarian perspective, for that pop to come sooner. uh, Because the longer you wait, the the bigger the bubble will get and the worse the explosion will be. Um, But I don't even necessarily think I agree that this GameStop thing is going to cause a bubble. I think it's a very concentrated kind of isolated incident. and I, I think it'll correct itself in time. I don't think it's going to have impacts on the broader market. I think the only things that will have impact in the broader market is continuing to keep the economy closed, continuing to uh, you know, do, dis- do destructive laws and executive orders to hurt the economy. I don't think it's the GameStop Reddit guys. Mm. I mean, I'm sure the media will probably try to paint that picture now. Maybe some of them know that there is a crash inevitable with all the printing of money, right. all the policies over the last year, that they're going to, run ahead of this story by trying to preemptively claim it was reddit in order to you know forever solidify in the minds of people that it's the evil reddit guys mm-hmm. that caused the economy that, to crash that's what uh, I, but I mean but I think even if, if if I think we all can agree we're in a bubble so if we are in a bubble pop it sooner rather than later I think you have to take the hard medicine it's the medicine you have to take I mean it's like you know it's like getting off an addiction it's like getting off it's like uh, taking a taking a really rough drug in order to, to cure your disease. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be some side effects. There's going to be some symptoms. But in the in the long term, it's going to be better. I mean, that, that's just the way of life. It, it's no different for the markets.
0: Yeah, I, you made me think of when you were saying that um... – how how convenient for them for this to happen right now if if the economy is about to burst due to like all these shutdowns and stuff and if it is about to crash how convenient it is for them to to point the finger over at the reddit guys and be like look what this thing caused even though it was on its way there anyway um the same media that's been pushing for small businesses to be shut down for the last 9 months are the same media that's like oh be careful we're going to cr- crash the economy here <laughs> it, it's convenient for them it's kind of it's kind of like um um, I heard somebody pointing out how it's convenient that Biden's wanting to reopen the economy at the same time that he's shutting down a lot of these union jobs. So um, there's this kind of artificial like spike in employment, even though f- hundreds of thousands of people are getting laid off at the same time. But, but you don't see that because you reopen the economy at the same time. So it's just like a convenience factor that one thing coincides with the other. So you can point your finger at something else.
2: No, it's, it's genius. I mean, that that's spot on. It's like a game of charades and uh, what Biden's doing, what the media's is doing. Um, and I hope hopefully people can wisen up to it. I do think a lot of people have become uh, kind of desensitized to some of their propaganda and their gaslighting. Uh, so if they were to attempt to kind of paint that picture, I think there's a large segment of the population that, and I think this is a healthy thing. I think a skeptical society is a healthy society. Um, I think there is a large segment of the population that and it's growing are just not going to buy into whatever narrative they tried to set into motion, but that's, that's what the left. And that's what the, the, these guys always are so good at. They, they are good at creating narratives and pushing it forward. And I think a lot of people on our side, particularly, you know, more institutional Republicans are always trying to uh, argue and work within the frame that the left sets up within their own narratives. And that's when you're always going to be bound to lose the argument. You're always going to be, end up looking stupid. You're always going to end up with the shorter end of the stick. So Um, you know, don't let them frame that, get ahead of it yourself and expose them like what basically you just said. Mm
0: -hmm. So I know you said you had other events that you're going to push through. Is the, are you going to continue for the next few days with the reoccupy stuff? Have you guys, um, said your piece and you're, you're moving on, or are you going to keep, uh, um, staging some of these protests in there in New York or, or what's going to go on with this, um, reoccupy movement? Is it going to continue?
2: We'll follow the news cycle uh, depending on where things go. I mean, this week should be telling uh, in terms of what happens. I mean, if there's some more kind of uh, draconian slap downs like we saw with the shutting down of trading, I think that would warrant uh, you know, doing more protests. Um, but if, if it looks like they may allow uh, some of the trading to be re-eased, uh, not sorry, to be eased up again and they would allow it um, and it could kind of quote unquote return to normal, um, if that happens, it's probably going to kind of lose any kind of momentum for any more protests. But we'll have to wait and see to see what they do. I mean, I don't think this story is is done necessarily. Um, I think it's going to continue to play out. And uh, if they do something crazy again, we'll we'll have to do something crazy as well, and I guess show up down there again.
0: One thing interesting that I read today was, um, I, I can't even remember what the source was, but they were saying that um, shutting down or Companies such as Robinhood shutting down certain trading or blocking certain trading or buying or whatever, um, what that's going to do is just push a lot of the retail investors and cause them to lose faith in – uh, companies such as Robinhood or any companies like that. And that, that could potentially lead to a bigger crash than anything that the Reddit, um, movement here did just because of people losing faith in the markets altogether and just completely pulling out of it. Um, do you think anything about that? Um, do you think that them pushing back and, um, just the commoners like us that, that, are buying stock at a retail level through sites like this if we lose faith completely in this what what are the implications of that what what would that cause
2: i think they would love nothing more than people to lose faith and become apathetic and become doomers and gloomers i think it's a it's always a stupid response just to kind of throw your hands up and just give up i think it's mm-hmm. kind of a form of nihilism and it's kind of just really defeatist and it doesn't it doesn't accomplish anything and you know even if you're up against the worst of odds i would rather go down swinging than just kind of uh just getting letting ourselves be rolled over i think if if what they're doing and what they're trying to tell us and what they're trying to prop uh they're kind of propaganda they're trying to push out um it wouldn't be necessary if if they weren't scared or worried or uh, cautious about what's happening. They obviously understand that there's power in numbers. or strength in numbers. There is power uh, with the rabble, with the mob, with the common people, um, and that kind of collective action could really do it do massive harm. What we which is what we saw with Reddit. Um, so they want to sort of instill. They would love for this sort of notion of kind of uh, hopelessness to creep in through the ranks because that will just weaken any kind of effective response um and i think that's that's basically psychological warfare i mean that happens kind of like intelligence it happens in you know in armed conflict i mean you always want to just demoralize uh your enemy and i think you know i think our whole society has largely been demoralized i think what's Mm his name Uh, yuri bezemunov a former kgb um KGB dissident who fled Russia Mm -hmm. in the Cold War. He basically described how, you know, the United States was never going to be conquered, they were just going to become demoralized and Mm -hmm. destroyed from within because no one is going to want to stand up for you know, what the country stands for, the American values for our freedoms. We were talking about before, people were just willingly giving up freedoms. That's a process of demoralization. So mm-hmm. I would just tell anyone, you know, the second you start to give up is the second you lose. But right. if you put up a fight, you have you have some kind of a chance. And I'll rather take those odds than, than the former. Yeah.
1: I did see um, the Wall Street trading group on um, on Reddit is up to 3 million members. So that they've increased dramatically
0: what did they start out as do you know
2: i don't it was it was i could have sworn they were like a really one of the smaller reddits out there like subreddits like they were never Mm -hmm. like even a big like because it's obviously a massive online community i never thought that they were one of the top top subreddits to begin with. But now, I mean, they've solidified their position. Yeah, I mean, no, that's really. a good, that's a good fact. I mean, that's a good stat that just shows that, you know, more people are going to be on there collecting this information mm-hmm. and they may act on that information. That just means if there's ever an opportunity for a short squeeze or some kind of market action, it's going to be even more effective. Yeah.
0: Now you were talking about the demoraliz- demoralization of the us us common folk, I guess, to uh, keep us from actually standing up and and acting against things that we disagree with or standing up against uh whatever you call an oppressive government or anything like that and i i don't want to get your stance on this cuz i don't want you to get in trouble but i i think of the like the the capital riots and how whether you agree with it or not all that did afterwards was get people to say well look what happens when you stand up um this happens or um now they they they're pushing for laws against domestic terrorists. Now um the military is amping up in freaking DC bigger than it ever should be. And I kind of see that same sentiment from some sides with this whole uh the stock market thing. It's like, well yeah, you, you keep poking the bear and um in the end you're going to lose. Like uh the big banks are go- going to win overall and um they're going to screw you over. So so why keep poking the bear? And it, it kind of reminds me kind of of the the capital riots just in the fact that you're going against something you don't believe in and then obviously a bigger force you're going against a much larger force like the federal government or like the actual big banks so uh, it what do you say to to people like that who say well well you're going to lose anyway so why why keep doing this when all it's going to do is cause more regulation all it's going to do is um caused them to clamp down even more on this?
2: Well, you could argue that, you know, what happened with the Capitol may have gone too far and had it just been a few degrees shy of what happened, we would be having a very different conversation and the, the, the political calculus would be very different. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if a society could have a situation where thousands upon thousands of people are storming uh, the seat of government. I don't think that's a society that's heading, uh, for any kind of, I don't think that's a society that's necessarily stable. And I don't think that's a society where the elites are in control by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, people are, they felt emboldened to do what they did at the Capitol because things have gone so bad. They just don't care about the repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only going to get worse and worse as the elites get more draconian and draconian, um, and certain, and at a certain point it's going to, you know, have to combust. And, uh, you know, it's going to lead to, you know, just basically a full confrontation. And I think the elites don't want that. I think they want everything shy of that because they I think they know if it ever really got out of hand, uh, basically, if, if if the whole country looked like what the capital did, um, they would end up eventually losing. I mean, that would create, obviously, a lot of issues. There'd be a lot of death. There would be a lot of misery. There'd be a lot of just utter destruction. Um, but the elites just want to basically push things up to the line as far as they can without actually crossing it. Um but I also think if you look at how the elites have responded, it also just shows that they're fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think obviously some of it is maybe some a bit of theatrics, and I think it's largely to take advantage of the situation. But I do think there is general sentiment of fear. I do think they did feel a little powerless. Um, and I do think a part of maintaining control is projecting a certain power that you don't have. Mm-hmm. If people think that you're all knowing, if you're all in control, if you're far more competent than you are, they're not going to mess with you. But we've learned you know, that the government is really just full of a bunch of idiots, I think our political elites are morons, mm-hmm. they have power, but they have no constituency. And I don't think they're actually that, uh, that bright, for the most part, I think they may have some intelligent people working for them. Um, but I think all systems could eventually collapse, I think, you know, system, the these systems, these power structures, there needs to be enough people benefiting from them, uh, for them to continue to exist. And the second you hit a situation, where, uh, you know you're not getting enough people to benefit from this 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 current power dynamic that's when the chips are going to begin to fall and I think we've pretty much reached that I mean I think for a long period of time the United States had a good system and you know it was pretty much a balanced solid well-functioning republic um, we're far from that today and that's been accelerated in the past few years um, but I, I, I again it just shows that there's no reason to have doom and gloom because you know if history has shown us anything you know countries come and go, go, kings come and go, mm-hmm. uh, regimes come and go. Um, you know, if, if you just have this kind of nihilistic kind of view of everything, that everything is, is for naught, then why even bother talking about it? Why get involved? Right. I mean, if you think it's all hopeless, if you think there's no chance, then, you know, you just, just go and, and live in the woods or something. But if you're going to engage in politics, if you're going to engage in the public discourse and, and what's going on, you should have at least some kind of idea that there's some hope. Um, otherwise I just don't know what you're doing Uh, you should probably just put your efforts elsewhere but um, I I do think as far as this political activism I do think there has been an element that the the capital riots did scare people and I think that's why we did the reoccupy movement because we wanted to show that we could actually go out and start doing political activism again and it's not going to turn into like a riot Mm -hmm. um, and it's not going to have bad optics and all these types of things Um, but uh, you know with the capital thing uh, there were elements of it that um i think did kind of inspire and wake up a lot of people and it showed that some in some cases the emperor really does have no clothes um so th- th- it's going to be analyzed for years to come but i don't think it's going to be necessarily one cohesive like objective view i think there's going to be a lot of different angles to take from it um and i think some of them are going to be good some of them are going to be bad for overall movement but um it, it's it, i don't think it's the end all be all and i don't think it's going to really set us back any further than we already were. So, where does
0: this all go? Um, does it stop with this GameStop stuff? Is it going to? Are they going to keep pushing forward with this until um, the big banks crash, or um, do you think the statement that needed to be make needed to be made has
2: been made already? I think a lot of these hedge funds are going to be uh, much more on their toes in terms of how they view. retail investors and how they engage in shorting, uh, which I think is a good thing. That's kind of a smaller issue. Um, I think a lot of people realize that they have a lot more power than they think they do, especially if they can team up and coordinate their efforts. And I think a lot of people now understand, you know, the value of online media and online forms of communication, social media, forums, Reddit, et cetera, because, you know, that's why the elites want to clamp down on that. That's why the elites want to you know, silence people, they want to uh, reduce the amount of voices that are allowed to uh, communicate, because, you know, you could have situations like Reddit, where people can organize effectively and actually do some serious damage. So they're going to want to make sure uh, that that doesn't happen again. But that's already, we already knew that. I mean, this is just another excuse for them, but at least more people have been woken up. So I think I think in the long term, it's been positive. I think people have woken up. I think people have realized. I think it's good that people are losing faith in the systems. I think we've had for a while this kind of blind loyalty to these American institutions. We thought we, they were infallible. We thought they were uncorruptible. We thought you know the system was going to work. We have our constitution. We have our Bill of Rights, and everything's fine. And we, we could just sit on our lazy asses and don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I think people are becoming skeptical. People are becoming... Uh, you know, un- untrusting of government, they're 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 viewing it all with a with a lens, uh, and they're they're being much more guarded. And I think that's a good thing. I think that kind of skepticism is good. I mean, obviously, sometimes it it leads to things like kind of conspiratorial theory thinking. It leads to sort of defeatism. But I think overall, now that society is kind of uh, waking up to what's really happening, I think that's going to eventually lead to real change. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but it's certainly paving the way for it. Right. Right. Um, we're
0: about. We'll probably let you go here pretty quick. But um, do you? You had mentioned how polit politicians should should jump on this thing because it's a slam dunk for them. Um, should, like, what what direction should politicians go for this? Like, um, how should the Republican Party, even the like people on the Democrat party how how should they jump on this besides minus um the people that are calling for regulation of this what would the direction of a politician be if they actually want
2: to capitalize on this they should call for investigations, for subpoenas, for prosecutions. They should uh, you know, request to see information related to the phone calls, the text messages, the emails, to see if there was kind of a cartel-like behavior, if there was like sort of collusion, if this was all kind of orchestrated behind the scenes. Uh, they should look into the financial records. Um, I think that would be a first good step, and I think that would get them a lot of positive Uh, press and a lot of praise from the public, Mm -hmm. and I think they should come out very clearly in favor of Reddit. Um, and they should say that there was nothing wrong that was done, and that they should, you know, actively go to the media and defend Reddit and defend the little guy and push back against, you know, the people that are trying to claim that these guys are the bad guys here. I think those are two little, I think those are two pretty simple, straightforward steps that don't involve legislation, regulations growing the size of government that mm-hmm. uh, would enable them to really take the right side of this issue and 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 maximize it for political gain. I think you know if, if you if someone you know if someone could just come out and be the champion for them uh, who is an elected official, I think they will be the first to gain the most windfall and every successive person after whoever that is will also uh, gain from it as well. Um, so it's just going to take someone with some moral courage to step forward as it normally does. And then that will kind of be a domino effect. I think, um, hopefully that happens soon. I hope they're not all just complete weasels and, and, and cowards, but you know, they've, they've certainly, uh, you know, proved me wrong on that front before. Um, so we'll have to see.
0: Right. Yeah. You got anything else for him before we get him out of here? No, it was very informational. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we, I, I've been looking for somebody to get on and actually know what they're talking about in this whole situation because God knows we we don't and um, we just find out our information through what we read on uh, through news sources and and forums and stuff like that so uh, when I came across your name on this uh, New York Post article I was like I he's the guy I need to get him on the show and I, I think I messaged Bill last night and I was like I need to get this guy at my show tomorrow and it just happened to work out. So uh, we're glad to have you on. Let us know, um, let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, find more information about uh, the New York Young Republicans Club or anything else that you're involved with, your show or anything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for having me again. This was a great discussion. Uh, I think we covered a, covered a hell of a lot of ground. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on social. It's at Gavin Wax, G-A-V-I-N-W-A-X. That's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um you can also follow me on my website com. I post my latest articles there. I have columns on town hall, uh American greatness, uh Newsmax and uh also for the club, you can follow the club on social at nyyrc uh nyyrc.com. That's the New York and Republican Club. Uh anyone can join. We have events. Uh you know, if you live in the metro area, you can come to them and uh, you know, we're going to be planning some more stuff in the future. So I really appreciate all the support and uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Awesome.
0: Very awesome. Very good. I, I, again, thank you again for coming on the show, um, clearing some stuff up for us. And like you said, we covered a ton of ground that um, we would have had no idea where to even go with. So um, I think this just starts a conversation going with, with us commoners and, and the direction we should be moving. um, How, how, the country as a whole should be focusing on this, and um, so so I'm glad to to get your take on that and get those angles of it. So um, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, what was your podcast again?
2: I don't. Oh, know. Dewey, I, I got to get you guys on them too. Uh, the Waxcast podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, uh, you know, everything you can imagine, and that's waxcastpodcast.com. I. I record whenever I'm free, and uh, it's just like this kind of long-form interview formats, mm-hmm. politics, economics, culture, philosophy, and uh, you can tune in. We also have it on YouTube. You can watch the video ones or the audio ones on the podcast site. So appreciate any uh, subscriptions and five-star reviews on Apple. Nice.
0: Absolutely. So definitely check out Gavin's podcast there if uh, if you like. All the stuff we talk about here, you can uh, move that conversation over to his podcast and find out probably a, a whole lot more information than what, anything we could ever cover here. So mm-hmm. uh, check out Gavin's podcast. Check out all of Gavin's um, stuff he's got going on with the Young Republicans Club and— And, and the Reoccupy movement. The Reoccupy movement. If uh, that, I mean, check it out. Read into it. Because like I said, I didn't even know hadn't even heard about anything about this until like late last night. I was up late just— looking up stuff to talk about for today's show and this stuff just popped up so if you haven't heard of it definitely check into it because it's a thing it's a real thing and um it's not just this little um scam going on on reddit now this is turned into like a full-fledged like political movement movement. so um check out all that stuff and um we're gonna get gavin out of here thanks again for coming on the show gavin um thanks gavin we'll we'll definitely get uh have to work out getting on your show and we would have a fun time
2: Absolutely, and Billy can uh, actually show his face on ours. So, yeah, thank you, (laughs) Billy. Thank you, Craig, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. All right, have a good one, Gavin. Take care. Yep, bye. The Break the Bell Podcast
0: is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back, because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout-out to our sponsors, Goulash Media, on the run with... Remzo W. Martinez Podcast and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking.